Welcome to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christofferson, not Mike Schaefer. Wow. Was it, how'd I do? That was pretty good. With the intro, was it good? Yeah. Was it strong enough? Was it? Did I seem excited? Yeah, you could, you could hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Welcome! Yeah, I welcome. practiced all last night doing that. We might need to have you uh, do the intro to the Hypecast, which is going to start up pretty soon. Yeah. That, that's hype. Schaefer does it pretty good, though. He's got more of that low voice. I sound like a... Like a 13 year old boy like <laughs> Schiffer's got that let's get hype kind yeah, of thing it's, it's probably the beard yeah <laughs> a beard could help <laughs> could help my uh, voice inflection but anyway it's Brian Christopherson Michael Brunt Schaefer uh he's in New York yeah right yeah so uh, Indians playing the Mets and the Yankees this week so he's watching that yeah he was doing some fine dining the other night I noticed yeah Momofuku is that how it's pronounced yeah Dave I did, Chang's I did. place Dave Chang is he pretty good that's a uh, pretty big deal, Chef. I think so. He's on Netflix. So. Well, then you know he's got to be. Oh, yeah. You guys are big Chang guys. Yeah. We're you were talking about him. Changophiles? Is that <laughs> yeah. a... You've got like a little message board club you're on and everything. we got a group text. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to talk uh, about a lot of different subjects here, um, including turds. Turds. There, there's some turd talk coming yeah. up, I think. There's a f- I liked a few people who are a little off-put. There's a few people in my uh, Twitter mentions that are a little off-put by Eric Chenander's uh, example of guys who are floaters and sinkers. But I, <laughs> I found it quite hilarious, and um, he got his point across. And, you know, we, we were at that point in fall camp where we needed something, and Eric Chenander, he's like, I got it for you guys. You think he sensed that? Yeah. He kind of, he kind of did like a – Checked out the energy in the room and was like, "These guys need a little little pep in their step." I'm going to talk turds. You think he thought of like the turd thing like in July, but he's like, "No, no, no! I'm going to save this. We we got to wait till we're like near the end of camp, that's and a, th- then I'm going to bust out the turd material." That's a deep well, uh, a deep turd well, I guess that Shenander uh, went to. For those who haven't heard the quote, um, yeah, give it to us. We should probably give this some context. Uh, let's see. Had it a second ago. It's hard to find the turds. Eric, yeah, Eric Schneider yesterday talking about team chemistry. Oh, yeah. If your great players are turds, then the young guys are going to act like it. We say it all the time. There's two types of turds. You're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? End quote. And he's saying they, they don't have as many turds anymore. Correct. They got rid of some of the turds. They flushed them. Without specifically saying who they were. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's funny they've they've kind of alluded to that. Like like Travis Fisher. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't make any bones in about an it. Unfortunately, <laughs> this summer basically said like guys in the defensive back room are better off because of people that they don't have in there anymore. Yeah, um, which I was like, oh, okay. Well, Scott Frost has said. I mean, he has flat out said, "I like coaching this team better than last year's team," mm-hmm. um, which I mean is not. A stunning revelation, but it is it is interesting, and you know the part of that. A lot of the same guys are on the roster, and they've just matured, and I think understand more what's expected, and that's part of where that's coming from. But I do think there there is a lot to be said for it's it's difficult when a new staff comes in, and and players who are seniors or whatever can be well meaning, and there can be some good guys, and they're awesome guys like Luke Gifford, and there's great examples like that. But I do think it's hard for those guys sometimes to feel like to mesh over just one season. and it, right. So it, it, it takes a little while, and, and you're starting to see that happen. Definitely. So 
we kind of had a there was like a news like been pretty quiet fall camp yes for the most part um and then there was kind of a dump of another kind yesterday uh, <laughs> a, big, a big news dump um we get alternate uniforms right on time uh, with the off-season calendar. Do we want to get, get into that first? Yes, we do. Couple of, <laughs> a couple of guys that the nicest thing they were is a polo talking about fashion. Yeah. Um, well, you can see what I'm dressed up in my Oklahoma City Thunder t-shirt, and I'm not even a Thunder fan. So <laughs> It was clean. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So, so, so Nebraska, Nebraska rolls out an alternate uniform yesterday. Uh, to great fanfare. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the industrial video of a guy in football pads walking through a train yard. Sitting um, on a steel beam. Sitting on a steel beam. Um, very senior picturesque, as you said. Black tops. Essentially, the, the home uniform with anything that was red is black. You've got a couple black shirt pad uh, logos on the shoulder pads. And that's about it. Uh, cool black shirt visor that he was wearing that I don't think they can actually wear in games anymore. Like, I think they have to wear a clear visor. So that was a little phony, huh? Yeah. But so what What do you make of them, and where do they rank for the last, let's say, seven years of, of throwbacks? Because there's been some real mm. crap burgers. There have. First off, I wish someone like me were the mannequin or the model. <laughs> <laughs> they should put like some kind of pencil neck, you know, guy like me in that uniform and just let it go. Uh, the takeaway is, man, that that guy needs to work out. Yeah, he needs to work out. You know, just that would that would be fun to see what the reaction would be. But you're right. If you look, I'm looking through at the old alternate uniforms. And geez, Adidas was just off for a while. I mean, right? it, it was like, were, did they have me like drawing up these things or what? <laughs> like the one in 2012 against Wisconsin, I'm looking at Taylor Martinez wearing it. He's got a big giant black N mm-hmm. on the front of his chest with black helmet. I thought those were ugly. Um, the ones in thir- 2013 against UCLA, I guess you would say these ones are the closest to that because yeah. they're the black ones. I didn't mind those ones as much. I think these ones are a little better because they have that black shirt theme mm-hmm. and it has the black shirt logo. And I like the way they, they mix the red in. I think the numbers are – I'm yeah. not looking at the this year's, but are, the numbers are red, aren't they? They're white. But are on the side – is there like They're a, red on tops of the shoulder pads. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And I like the look. I know I saw Schaefer chimed in. We can work him into the podcast. He's like, those uniforms are bad and should feel bad, Yeah, he said. He went strong in the paint. Which I thought was a little rough. Yeah. He was also pretty strong on Jerry DiNardo the other day. He was. He had a lot of strong opinions from New York. <laughs> well, he's eating his fancy food. Yeah. Uh, but I like them. I, I think it's kind of cool if you had... If they just settled into this deal where they had one black shirt day mm-hmm. and the stadium wears black, and I'm sure they're going to try to do that, like correspond the two things, and I, I'd be all right with that. Don't know what game yet. Potential for maybe more than one game I can or, see or, it. or maybe reuse, I guess, in subsequent years is, is maybe what we were told. Not really sure yeah. if that's, that's going to be the case yet. Do you think this is the best one that they've done? Would no. you, what, what's your favorite? No. Um, I like it, but I – I really like the one, uh, the white roadies. Against, against Northwestern. Yeah, those were cool. Yeah. 
I'd say that was my favorite. This one probably a very close second um, for the ones that Nebraska's done. And it was you kind of mentioned the Adidas and the way that they've done these jerseys in the past. It's it's always interesting because they there was one Final Four where like they rolled out these jerseys that were like it looked like guys are wearing like cummerbunds and they yeah. looked terrible. But like the last two or three years, Nebraska basketball's alternate uniforms have been great. Like I think they've done a fantastic job mm-hmm. with that. Baseball's had some pretty good ones too. The the U of N throwback was kind of interesting this year. I thought they had the cream color throwbacks the year before that, but it always seemed like they were kind of just swinging and missing uh, on on football. And I think they pro- finally got as close to acceptable uh, as maybe they they've gotten. Well, I think the fan base is open for a little variety, but it's got to be contained. Like I, yeah. And I'm speaking generally. It's hard to speak for an entire fan base, but I do think, you know, there's a there's definitely an older faction of the fan base that I think is probably like just stay with what you got. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if they uh, with their alternate uniform if they went with the helmets and had the NU. They used to in the back in the old days they had an NU kind of like Frost hat. Yeah. The other day mm-hmm. he had the NU logo, and I think they're trying to bring that back a little. I think that would be okay on the helmets. I know the N is such a big branding part, but that is that's part of the history, and I wouldn't mind if they if they if they did mess with the hem, helmet logo if it was the NU at for like a game or something. Yeah. The, the other thing that I like that they did that one year where they I, it was the one where they did kind of the throwback to the the title teams um, was that they all wore the black cleats. Yeah, and I, I kind of liked that. I thought that was kind of a nice mm-hmm. change. But I, you know, beyond that, I don't really know that there's been a, any other ones besides those two that I've kind of gotten. The real one against, about. I I don't know if they considered it an alternate at the time so much, but they for the sellout anniversary of the one year against Louisiana Lafayette, they, oh, yeah. they wore the jerseys from like 1962 or something when it started, and I thought those were neat. Just kind of like. That was just a straight ripoff of what the uniform basically was, which yeah. is people like that. Uh, so, also the Music City Bowl were not really alternate uniforms, but I'm going to give a shout out to Jay Terry, I, the equip, equipment manager over there. Yep. They, if you remember, they had all whites, but he he went with uh, they had red shoes and were kind of red socks. And they played like crap. So when they play like crap, people hate the uniforms. So, so this Jay Terry's fault that they play like crap. <laughs> but I, I thought it was kind of cool, like the the red socks and cleats with the white. That's uh, yeah. It's I don't really remember that too much. I, I all I, I tried rem- to block it out. All I remember was Riker Fife running for his life that day. But from the who was the DN from Tennessee that was a freak? Barnett, Barnett. Derek Barnett. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Poor Riker. Yeah, Riker Fife. Uh, well, he threw some for some yards, but tough loss. Well, in that off the uniforms here for a okay. second. Let's talk about the team a little bit. Yep. Um, news: Christian Gaylord is really so far. We're knocking on the wood. It's the one big injury we know about. Mm-hmm. They have, for the most part, again knocking on the wood. Not had that just killer injury yet. Yep. That's good. Yes. What do you think about the situation? Gaylord was a guy who was kind of fitting in on the second team at tackle. Now it's Brock Bando and Bryce Benhart, it appears. That's probably the one position where I think you could you could be okay. Because, you know, I, I don't think that 
you know, Christian Gaylord was coming along, but I don't know that they were going to be rotating him in with Brendan Hymas at all at that left tackle spot. I mean, it's good to have a veteran as your backup, but, you know, maybe you you, you have to throw Bando in there and maybe you, you maybe get a little bit more ready to play Ben Hart on that side, but that's the kind of injury where sucks for the kid in his senior year, but in the big picture, you can weather that storm a little bit. Um, talking injuries, we, we've... Not season enders, but you've seen Nebraska be very careful with a lot of guys that the mm. situational scrimmage last uh, Friday basically had 12 guys, 12, 13 guys who are probably starters or contributors that they held out of that just for load maintenance and, and making sure that guys kind of make it through fall camp. Okay, does that concern you? A little or- bit. How do you kind of view that? A little bit. My biggest concern is really outside linebacker when it comes to what you're talking about because Doman didn't start the camp. The good news is he's back, and it sounds like he's starting to fit in to his normal role, mm-hmm. and they're talking about him like he's one of their every-down guys, you know, right. to, just the way they speak about him. So that's positive. But just as he comes back, Alex Davis, who is having a really good offseason, goes – out and you don't know the extent of that he's riding the bike a few days but you you worry about it and those who try to connect the dots on things will notice that garrett nelson's name suddenly pops up a lot more the other day is like yeah you know like a week ago it was like yeah he's more of a special teams guy we'll see if we can get him in situationally and then the other day i felt like that got ratcheted up a notch and maybe that's just because garrett nelson is is coming fast Mm mm-hmm but I wonder if it's also because of these injuries to the its other guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in that group, too, you've got Tyron Ferguson, a guy that has battled injury in, in his past, too. I We're mean, not hearing anything about him. Not. It's been pretty quiet. Have pretty you noticed quiet. him a lot? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I, it's been pretty quiet. Do you ever right? walk out of a practice and realize, like, is that guy out there? Do you ever do that? Like, yeah. I do that sometimes. Like I start to, you just don't. It's sometimes it's just because you don't see them. Right. Because there's 150 guys out there. But the, I did that with Tyron Ferguson the other day. I was like, have I seen Tyron Ferguson? But he's a, he's been out there. He's been out there. Yeah. I, it's it's funny when you kind of get that little peek behind the curtain that they, we've gotten twice on Wednesdays. It's there's a few of those guys you're like, oh right, he's he's still here. I, I forgot about him. Or they're going to count on him a lot. Yeah, Tyron Ferguson feels like he could be one of the bigger deals on the defense, and he has. It's that's an interesting how quiet it's been about him. And then you could go the opposite way. Well, maybe that's a good thing. It could be the guy who I feel like is playing really well this camp and is getting some attention from us. I don't know if everybody else is or not. Is DeAndre Thomas? Yeah, he just continues to. I think. I think Tuiotia loves him. He's been the the first defensive end out there um, in the team periods that we've gotten to see. Um, you know, it, it's interesting when you talk about that defensive line group. They're so deep. And then you add Jakeem Green to that mix, who we can talk a little bit about him because he wasn't here uh, the last time we were yeah. recorded. Um, there's potentially that they could run their first defense out there and Khalil, neither Khalil nor Carlos Davis could be a starter at defensive end mm-hmm. just because DeAndre Thomas has been that good, I think, this this fall. Tuioti gave a little bit of a – he wasn't saying he's Aaron Donald by any means, but he was saying that he's got that, like, that just 
base like leverage, you know, or in like strong, powerful way that Aaron Donald has. They're kind of of a similar stature, I guess. And so uh, that's quite a, a nice thing to have said about you. Jakeem Green, you brought up. It sounds like he's got some work ahead of him still. Um, so I think people should, and I'm not saying to just tune him out and that he can't be a part of this at some point, especially with the four-game rule. Uh, but Tony Tony Tuioti was pretty straightforward in saying, like, yeah, he, he kept saying he, he missed ten practices. That you know he's got he's got a lot of catch up to do. So people should take uh, take that in and not just expect him necessarily to be out there right away. He passes the eyeball test. Yeah, um, for sure. And I, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle him the first few weeks. I think because from I, I agree he's he's behind. Uh, you still don't know where he's at from a just conditioning point of view, and, and you know how many good snaps you're going to be able to get out of him in, in two weeks from now. But I think that they are going to give him every opportunity in, in those first few weeks to take advantage of that four games, see where he's at. Yeah, it's a good chance. Um, and, and kind of audition him a little bit because I mean, even even that scrimmage on Friday. I mean, Frost said they couldn't go full go. Uh, for a part of it because they wanted to get him some reps, get him in there, and he wasn't even able to be in full pads yet because he hadn't fully passed the acclimation period. No, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought up the thing about them kind of modifying their scrimmage just for him. Yeah. And Tuioti the other day also said, take what I said, but add this. Um, Zach Duvall, they have a specific plan where Zach Duvall is like working specifically with Jakeem Green. And they have a specific film study plan where Tony Washington, one of the GAs, mm-hmm. is helping Jakeem Green. So they, he's obviously of a certain value. There's not just anybody who walks in and gets right. that sort of treatment. Right. So the fact they're doing that should tell you something. So yes, you know, hold off on the, oh, he's going to come in and dominate. But definitely know that they are trying to make him something. And also, I think sometimes we get into this phase where we're like, oh, they want a redshirt. It, they should redshirt this guy. It's better if he redshirts. Not every kid is built to want a redshirt right. or do that. And I wonder if that's the case here. Well, I mean, you think about it this way. This is a, a kid who's from South Carolina, um, was set to go to the SEC, had to go to JUCO, and he's been in rural Kansas for the last two years, has the grade issues, and has to really work his butt off to get qualified. In the meantime, gets told, okay, you took this class, so you can't go to an SEC program. Um, you know, has kind of a quick recruitment at the end. There's some drama around it or whatever. From his point of view, I could see where you show up at Nebraska and you don't want – I mean, you want to play. Yep. I mean, you, you've been working your butt off for two-plus years to get yourself to that point. been dreaming about it, I'm sure, when you're sitting there in you know, Highland, Kansas or, you know, wherever they are. And, you know, you, you want to play. And, and I keep going back to, okay, if – Nebraska really hasn't had defensive tackle depth to where they've been able to rotate meaningful guys in there the last few years. And let's say Darian Daniels is able to give you 50 snaps a game. Let's say you get 30, 25 or 30 from from, uh, Damian Daniels. Jakeem Green gives you 20 really high-level snaps a game. I mean, that's what I keep thinking is that, you know, they're going to – give that a chance to happen, like you said. And plus, I mean, this is a team that's 4-8 and eight and was giving up five yards of carry last year. 
I think they owe it to themselves to really kind of exhaust every opportunity to get a player like that in the game. I'll tease what we're going to do the next segment. I think we should throw Green in with the true freshman. We're going to do a thing on mm-hmm. will they redshirt, will they not. Yep. And I, he'd be a good one to put in there. A couple of quick items we'll get to, and then mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to that. Uh, we d- didn't mention it. Cam Jurgens is back there, and he's yep. he's doing some stuff. He's moving around well, as Frank Solich might have said. Yep. From that end of things. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> you saw my walk off. I think the other day was he. He was looking all right. L- looked uh, looked like he'd been practicing for a couple hours. Was yeah. full pads. Uh, had a good sweat going. Had the good sweat going. Had the the knee braces on. So, I mean, that's an interesting wrinkle, I guess, to that center competition. That seemed like, you know, this time last week, you probably would have said, you know, Will Farniak was probably your leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. I still think that, unless, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that can't. That would be amazing if Cameron Jurgens, you know, suddenly right there. But he's in that mix, I guess, when he gets back fully with uh, Will. And A.J. Forbes has had a nice camp, I think. He mm-hmm. seems to be the second-team guy right now without, if you're not counting Cameron Jurgens. Right. So uh, th- those are really your three guys that it feels like they're somebody step up and take this thing by the horns. It's, yeah. Greg Austin would say. Uh, last little bit of item. Uh, give me your hottest and best AP poll take. Nebraska checks in at number 24 yesterday. Does it matter? No. It, I mean, it's funny. Like, oh, the expect – got to earn it. Who cares if they're 24th or 27th, you know? Mm-hmm. There's not much I, difference there. I say enjoy the – Enjoy the fact that your team is on the crawl on the screen, I say. you know, Might as well be there where you, you feel like you're part of the college football Saturday when the scores roll across. And I thought, I'm going to read the quote. Scott Frost had the money quote for his program and for what this team, I'm stalling as I find it and pull it up. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Was this on Friday? No, he, he said yeah. it on the BTN thing. Here oh, okay. it is. Here it is. I thought of the whole hour-long show, they asked him about the ranking, yep. and he said, I hear people worried about expectations for us. I'm not too worried about it. I think it's actually good for our football team. I think expectations in Lincoln have been way too low for way too long. So I, I know some people saw a couple of weeks ago, Frost didn't vote for his team in the top 25, and they're like, yeah, boy, Scott. Yeah. And he was fine to do that, but don't think for a second. Frost doesn't care if they're rated. He's fine with it. He wants. He thinks Nebraska football should be in that position mm-hmm. and should be the favorites in the Big Ten West. And if they're not, things are not going well around here. So I think he's he approves of it. Yeah. It, well, I guess one other topic of note quickly. Um, BTN, the bus rolled through yesterday morning. Uh, it, it was gone by mm-hmm. noon. Um, headed to Iowa City. Yeah, what what did what did you kind of make of their comments? It seemed like uh I mean they're going to pump up to a degree a team um when they're on campus, but it seemed like there was probably a little bit of a different tone being struck this year versus let's say 2 years ago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were pretty enthusiastic last year with Frost, but th- you're right that the years before that under Riley, um Jerry DiNardo didn't think much of what Riley was, was doing. I mean, no. he didn't even hide it. No. Like, he thought the practices were just had a lull to them and there wasn't much action going on. And I know where he's coming from because we watched a few of them. And I, when you compare what's happening now with those practices then, there is a big difference. But I think the biggest 
takeaway was those guys, Howard Griffith and Jerry DiNardo, saying the guys in the trenches look completely different. And DiNardo said, all the times I've been coming here since Nebraska joined the Big Ten, their O-line has never looked like what you think a Nebraska O-line should look like. And this was the first time he thought there was some of that. They were also impressed by Scott Frost obviously cares about the history of this program and living up to it. And they mentioned that what's evident in the program is that players bring that up. Like they bring up the legacy and that they haven't won since 99 and stuff like that. And they were impressed that, you know, a lot of college kids aren't going to give a crap about yeah. all that stuff, but they, they understand there is something to live up to. And I, so it tells you that Frost like message of what it's supposed to be is kind of sinking in. Yeah. Not like a turd sinking. <laughs> or floating for that matter. <laughs> no turds. They're no gone. Turd. But yeah, they would they Gary Donardo changed his opinion. He said I didn't think they were I thought it was kinda of overhype, overrated, and after going here, I'm not so sure. I think they're gonna be right in the thick in the West. So he's just one guy. We don't kinda of make too much of it, but he liked he liked what he saw. Is is that a I mean they were kind of always in the thick of it, right? I mean, like I thought so, but it, it seems like it's just kind of like a three or four horse race right now. Yeah, I think I, I honestly I think like five or six teams, except for Illinois. I always say except for Illinois, yeah. I could do it. They got a nice locker room though. Illinois does. Yeah, they, they just uh, upgraded. They unveiled that one yesterday to much much excitement from the players. Yeah, they're uh, Illinois has got to be good at some point while we're covering this thing. It'll it'll happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen under Lovey or not, but got to bring the Zucker back. Bring it back. He did as well as anybody. They yeah. thought they could do better, and you learn your lesson sometimes. <laughs> nope, you can't. It's as good as you can get in the dating circle. Ron Zook. That's all we got That's for all we this got. segment. Should we break? Yeah, let's let's take a like, can we clap our hands, like break, huddle. Some orange slices and water, and we'll come back with uh, a look at some potential red shirts. That sounds good. You said it as well as I could. That's what we're going to do. All right, let's pass the orange slices. All right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Those are some good orange slices, uh, I have to say. I was, I was glad you, you had those ready to go. Juice boxes were a nice touch as well, Brian. Yeah, the Capri Suns, too, if you wanted one, but you you passed. Yeah, well, I always fumble with the straw. It's hard to get that straw. Yeah. You always would, when you had the Capri Suns, the straw would always, like, break on you. Or, you know, like it would get kinked. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then it sucked. Did you you know? just go through the other side with it, just like. Oh, there, yeah, there was some mishaps that happened with Capri Suns. I would, 
I, I still like Capri Sun, but anyway, let's sponsor sponsor the podcast, please. Capri Sun. Capri Sun is sponsoring this uh, thing. They're not actually, but we're gonna. What we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about true freshmen. Okay. And Jakeem Green, we decided. Yep. We're treating him like one. Dedrick Mills too. Yes, let's do that. He's not gonna redshirt. That's my <laughs> prediction. So it, it's Nebraska is at that point in the in fall camp where depth charts are being decided. They're turning their attention to the Jaguars of South Alabama. Yes. And some decisions have to be made about guys who will play, guys who may play kind of in that zero to four game mark and guys who will redshirt. Um, I think we can talk about this and, and kind of hash out a few guys because there, there's some guys who I think are, are going to be interesting calls with how Nebraska handles them. Okay. So we do the guys that we – absolutely know or believe are going to play and play a lot yes go okay i'm looking at the list wandale robinson okay we all know that okay he's going to be receiver he's going to be a running back um i'll I'll keep score over here this is this is definite guys right yes okay no question at all okay this one's a tough one but i'm going to put him in the definite category okay Actually, it's not a tough one. I'm, Ramir Johnson, I think, is going to play. I think they need him. I think that. Okay. I, I, so I'm going to say Ramir. Okay. Goes over four. Diedrich Mills is going to go over four. Okay. Um, I think Jakeem Green is going to go over four because I think the way the coaches are talking about, like, we're pushing him and we're going to do all this and that. Yep. And also an understanding maybe this guy doesn't want to hang around Lincoln for three years. So yep. let's get two good years out of him. Um, those four. And then. Garrett Nelson, I think, is sliding into that category. I would, I would, he would be very much in my yes category. Okay. I think he's going to play a lot on special teams. I think he's going to carve out a role, especially on third downs. I, th- I think he he bends well. He gets after the quarterback well. He's all of 260 pounds. I think he plays and, and plays more than you would probably expect a Class B kid from Western Nebraska to play as a true freshman. So we've got three true freshmen and the two Juco kids. Yep. And then that's about where it ends for sure for me. I would say Quentin Newsom mm-hmm. could be, but I don't feel – I think their depth is such in the secondary, right? we got to be careful with saying it's definite. Like I, yeah. I could see him being on the two deep and everybody assuming, well, he's going to play – but then it's one of those deals where, as the season goes on, you're like, yeah, let's save his year or whatever. Yeah, it, it's he's interesting to me because he's he's the of that group of freshmen. He's the one that Travis Fisher talks about the most. Um, they've gotten into the the nickel and dime stuff uh, over the past week or so, and it's kind of a hodgepodge of guys because you you've got Quentin Newsom practicing there, Javin Wright is practicing there. Uh, but then you've got guys like Cam Taylor, who you absolutely know is going to be a part of what they're going to do uh, at nickel or dime. Uh, you've also got DiCaprio Boodle uh, playing a little nickel mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, we're, I, I think you're right. I mean, I would probably put Newsom in the maybe category right now with leaning a little bit more towards the yes because I could I see so. him being a guy that would also have a role on special teams because I think that's an area where they – know they have to be better. I could see there being a couple more, too, because, you know, I think it depends what they want the numbers to look like with the classes, but it's not advantageous to just redshirt everybody. Like, that. sometimes that feeling seems to be in the air, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not good. And 
some of these kids that they just want to go, they want to play. And, uh, so I, I think those, what we got six total when we count the Juco guys, four true freshmen. I think those six are good names. So you you think Newsom's a yes now? Let's put him as a yes. Okay. Okay. So definite. You're like like typing this in or something. I'm curious to see how this is going to break down. Cause I, I think it's a, a pretty even split. For how this is gonna work? Who's calling? I don't know. Who's calling you? Jeez, you can't take you Sorry. anywhere. Sorry. You do that in church at funerals and stuff too. <laughs> it's Steve Wilfong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you if you must know. Oh, that's a big deal. Um. So, all right, we, guys that we know are not going to. Um. Let's go through that list. So you know, those offensive linemen, Fritchie, not gonna play. Four. Is that fair? Yep. They they all need to gain weight. Piper, no. same way. Anderson, nope. Michael and no. Okay, Snodgrass. I could see. Now I'm not saying they aren't gonna. They might play a few games. But that's what yeah. we're saying. But, but, but they're, they're they're not going over they're four. They're not going over four. Snodgrass. Uh, no, okay. no. Unless the only thing is, I definitely a no, but. Some of the there is a guy or two where maybe they'll surprise and they'll be like, oh, they're going to use him on special teams. And he, there's always like one guy like that who you don't see it coming, and then suddenly he's actually burned his shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say all the old linemen, and I include Ben Hart. I don't think Ben Hart's going to go over four, but he's the only one who could. So we'll put him in maybe for now. We can argue about it yeah. shortly. Uh, Okay, so Brant Banks also a no. Nope. Nick Henrich is an interesting case. I uh, would lean towards. I think he'll play late, but I don't think he's going to get he's over. He's not going to get back, right? Because of the, the shoulder. I issues. think he might have. Um, oh, I think so too. Prior to the injury, mm-hmm. I think uh, if, if he were healthy, I think he would be. You'd be talking about him in a way that uh, you, you kind of got uh, the, the discussion about. Blanking on the kid from North Star, Luke Reimer. Oh, yeah. Bear uh, Rude, speaking of linebackers, he slowed us down a little bit on Jackson Hanna because we're big Jackson Hanna fan club yep. Yep. members here. Schaefer especially. He's got all that yeah. stock. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like Hanna too, but um, you could tell Rude says we're going to take it at a certain pace with Hanna, and it, it's not. he's not going to go over four this year, I don't think, um, unless there's some serious injuries in front of him. So. Let's see who else. Okay, we're let's let's look at some receivers quick. Okay, this is this is where this group is interesting. Some, yeah, okay, it is because this is where we didn't say anybody's a definite, but somebody's going to aside from Wandale, right? Um, somebody in this group is going to burn their shirt. Darian Chase, what do you think? Uh, I think I've been on record about being very uh, all aboard the Darian Chase train. I think. I think he will play, and I think he'll go over four. Um, he's – we obviously haven't talked to him yet. We've got to see him a little bit in person. He's – you know, everybody talks about like, Nebraska needs to get a big-bodied wide receiver, find that guy that's, you know, 6'3 or taller. I mean, he's 6'2", right around 200 pounds. He's not – He's a big kid. He's not s- slight. Um, so I, I think that's – you know, maybe where he gets a chance is, is he's a little bit bigger. In high school, he was a guy that really made some tough catches uh, on, on the outside. And and when we talk about the guys that who you're expecting to be 
major contributors um, who are being held out of, of scrimmage type situations, that opens the door for guys like Demarion Houston, who we'll talk about in a minute, Darian Chase, certainly. I think Chase plays. Okay. Um, so I, I would put him in that kind of uh, maybe yes, but I, I'll put him in my yes category. I agree with you. Okay. Um, and what impressed me about Chase, I knew he was pretty fast with his straightaway speed. They did that Husker drill mm-hmm. the other day. Yep. And not to make too much of one drill, but you can tell when kids got some moves in that drill. And he was impressive, like, in how he kind of moved his way through mm-hmm. the blocks and got down the field. And I was like, man, he's got some he's got some shiftiness to him for a big kid. And, and also uh, Cam Taylor um, was asked, like, who's stepping up at receiver, and he brought up Darian Chase. He said he he's a kid who if he gets beat or if you teach him a lesson on a play – he files it away, comes back, and has something for you yeah. the next time. And so it imp- has impressed those guys. Did you notice during that Husker drill, too, uh, w- when they had younger guys who were carrying the ball, and, and even guys that were you know retro freshmen or whatever, you could kind of sense a little bit of hesitation from some guys, especially the younger guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that from Chase. Like, he's he was he was running downhill. He was using his blockers, and, and I, I – that was one thing I noticed about him it was the elusiveness, which you mentioned, but it didn't seem like he was running with any, yeah, nothing in the back of his mind. Like he, he was, he was going to get up the field. That's a good point. And to that, I'll double back real quick. Cause it made me think of with Ramir. I do think he'll do it, but that's the thing with Ramir Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's got to get a little better at, and Ryan held said this is he's got to have that I'm going. I'm like I'm hitting that hole and I'm I'm going through it and when he does he can be a home run hitter but he's got to get it. So that's that's going to be the key for him being you know that. Okay, with the receivers, we say yes on Chase. Uh Demarion Houston who they call Peanut. Uh they like I'm going to say no within the four games, but they like him and I but again, I think I actually have heard more about him than Jamie Nance. Yeah, um, I would. This I would, camp, I would tend to put Nance in the no because he just needs to add weight. Like yeah. I, I, he's got the quickness. Came in at one sixty, according to our thing. Yeah, I I think Houston's a maybe. I think he's gonna he's gonna play. Um, I don't know if he gets over four, but I think a lot of that depends on kind of how the depth shakes out with injuries and whatnot at wide receiver because he's he can play outside. He's probably more of a slot where you've got, you know, J.D. Spielman. Kind of I know is going to be taking some snaps there. It just it feels a little bit more crowded. I think he could be a really – if I went back and picked a sleeper like we do, mm-hmm. I might have picked Houston if I did it. I don't, maybe I did pick Houston. He's, he's, he's a legit, like, 10-5 track guy. Yeah. Like, he can, he can fly. I, I'd be shocked if he's got the right mentality if he doesn't do something pretty good in this program. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, Chris Hickman is going to be a no. Uh, they th- th- that's nothing against Chris. He's just got to he's got to gain weight. It's a full depth chart too. Yeah, he's got he's uh, got a huge log jam in front of him. Honestly, he's probably two years from being a contributor. I would think. Yep. Um, and again, that's that's it's a good thing in a way because it's it's telling you they've got some guys in front of them. I think the top two tight ends are really really clear. And I think they are uh, stolen Austin Allen, yeah. who yep. I think Allen's going to have a big year. Yep. Raftal's got to step it up, maybe. Vocalex not going to play this year. No. 
Um, we're pretty sure of that. And uh, he's an impressive-looking kid, Vokalik, but um, needs to add some speed, I think. And that's what... Yeah, everybody that we talked talked to about him at Rutgers basically said, give him a, a year off mm -hmm. to get, get faster, get some coaching. He's going to be really impressive down the road. Uh, a few guys that we could probably put in the no call. I don't think Jameen Graham plays. No, uh, but I they they like but, him. Yes, he and he looks he's imposing. Yeah, for a young guy. Yeah, a, a guy that you put probably needs to put what twenty pounds. Yeah, I think. I liked. I didn't know that much about. He's one of those recruits where it felt like you didn't know as much about him as other guys. Isn't that fair to say? Yeah. Yep. And there was kind of like, oh, he's raw, and no one. It's not fair to him, but no one would ever get that excited like when he came up. And right. then actually, when you see him, you're like, okay. Yeah. I know why they brought him in. He's a rangy, rangy kid. Yeah. Uh, most I knew some. Most I knew some. Same yeah. thing probably know with the depth that they've got there this year. I, I was surprised at how big he was um, when yes. he came in. I think neither one of those, Newsom and Graham, are going to play this year. I mean, beyond the four. But I think they people should be happy that they're on the roster, yep. uh, my initial impression. Yep. So that – that takes care of I'm, – I'm kind of going off the recruiting rankings for where they were. Uh, defensive backs, we, we hit on Quentin Newsom. Is Javin right? Is he a maybe? I don't think – I don't think so. But part of this discussion, we're going to find out how does this staff – we're going to learn more about it this year. Like how Every staff kind of treats redshirting a little different. Some staffs want to do more of it. Some staffs are like, you're here. Yeah. Let's get you through because we're going to keep recruiting at a high level and we don't need to just have you sitting over there. There's also an understanding. Some kids, you kind of got to read the temperature in the room with kids. And this was a kid we got to, like, involve. You right. know, some kids can take that year and be fine. Yep. Some kids, you know, like a Cameron Jones last year, it was. I think his situation was rough. He got hurt, was over, you know, hanging out on the wall all fall. Yep. And – it's like I gotta get out of here. I think it, you gotta be careful. I think, especially with kids that are coming from a, a distance, too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a long way from home. You're not playing. I mean, that that's for some kids. That's kind of tough to to handle. Miles Farmer. I'll say no, uh, but uh, you know the thing that's really changed the discussion is Markel. Dis we knew Deontay Williams was probably going to be pretty good. Markel Dismuke is having very good camp, mm -hmm. uh, as good as anybody. Yep. And that has kind of eased the concerns at safety, I think, in the mind of Travis Fisher. Yeah, I agree. It's He said yesterday that he's had, you know, one of the – even the turnaround from the start of the spring um, among the best on the team, uh, and certainly yeah. in that room in terms of kind of attitude and all that other stuff. He, I think he was one guy that – Fisher highlighted as saying that he was probably better off that some guys had moved on. The turds? Yeah. The, if, if you want to go that route, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's what they've been saying more his, or less. His words. <laughs> I, uh, don't, I don't think they're turds. I no. like some of those guys. Um, so okay. Jack, you said Jackson Hanna. You, you would say no? No. Okay. No. At one point, I would have thought yes, but... We're pumping the brakes on Hanna. Yeah, we are a little bit. Okay. Um, I think... I just say Quentin Newsom, I guess, among the DBs. I think Noah Pola Gates is a no. Okay. Um, again, though, if their strategy is, 
I, Mike Riley at one point, I think it was Riley who said, or Mike Cavanaugh, one of those guys on his staff, they were talking about redshirting, and they said, you know, there are certain guys where you get a look at them and you believe they're not going to be here longer than four years. You know, they, they have a plan. These kids want to play at the next level. They don't. Right. Some of them don't want to be here until they're age 23. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand that. And even if it's not, sometimes we're like, well, that was a wasted red shirt because this kid only did this much. Well, it wasn't necessarily if that's what the kid wanted. Right. And he got something out of it that you don't know about. Sure. And so with some of these kids, that could happen. But I'd say no on everybody but Newsom from what we know. Okay. Uh, a few more. And, and this is, I guess, kind of getting into the interesting part. McCaffrey, he's a no. I, like, I think he'll have yeah. some role. Maybe. I think he's a definite – I actually say he's a definite no unless there's a big injury. Right. Because I think the setup looks – I think they see the same thing all of us see. It's not complicated here. Yep. He's He is what you would love to have be right after Adrian Martinez whenever that ends. Mm-hmm. So you, on Ben Hart, you say no. I do. Do you say yes? He's a maybe for me. I think he plays – they get him close to that four. Could be he could be what we're talking about, where you say he's a four-year guy, right? And let's let's get him out there when we can. And I I'd say maybe also because I think the health of other people will determine how he plays out, right? Because if you have to, I mean, let's say you get a couple injuries and you have to move somebody, say Matt Farniok inside, or you know you, you have to do something else. I, I think he's probably the most logical guy at tackle. To, to take those, they're one injury away from him being a definite yes. Yeah. So, so I, I would, I'm keeping him in my maybe column. Do you think who's the third tackle? Do you think at this moment, if one of there's an injury, is it him or Bando? Ben Hart or Bando? I would probably lean towards Ben Hart at this point. I think. I think maybe you kind of cast your lot in with the young guy and throw him into the fire. Physically, he's ready, I think. I mean, you've seen him in person. He carries the weight well. There's going to be an adjustment period, but I don't think that the staff is afraid to throw somebody in right away like that if they feel he's ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Greg Austin kind of said last the end of last week was going to be big for figuring out where he's at. But I, I think he's going to be a guy that they keep ready to go all season. I mean that that's he's a top one fifty prospect, you know, a top fifteen offensive tackle. I, I think you you have to to be ready to to throw him in there, and I think that's where he's going to be. We didn't talk about Ty Robinson. Yeah, that's that's the other one that I'm curious to get your thoughts on. I'll say no, uh, but man, he's just what we thought he was going to be as far as like size and changing the look of their drills with like really that's a true freshman and that's your eighth guy right now yeah. that that's why people are so up on the d-line is because you look at ty robinson and you say you know two years ago he's probably a definite yes on you know, honestly mm-hmm. and he's not now which is good so i'll say no but i think he's a guy they're going to want to get a lot out of those four games if they can get some leads on people and really yep. see what he can do. And I think he's had some really good drills that we've seen. Yeah. He owned – sorry, Ethan. I like <laughs> Ethan Piper, and he's just getting used to playing online line yeah. again. But he really took Ethan Piper to town on one play. Yeah. That was – well, I mean, you think about it. I think Ethan Piper's given up 
Yes. 20, 25 pounds probably to Ty Robinson, who's listed at 310. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, you, you stand Ty Robinson next to Jakeem Green – it would probably be tough to see to, to guess which guy is, is a junior college player and which guy is the freshman. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, he's bigger. Yeah. So uh, I'll say no, but he's, he's, he's going to be a big part of it as soon as next year. And uh, a guy who already redshirted but I think is going to be interesting to watch is Casey Rogers. He's definitely playing because he's redshirted. Yep. So that's kind of fun when you have those guys where it's like there's no limitations here. If you feel like he's ready, throw him out there. And I have a feeling Casey Rogers by like October could be in a part of that rotation, you know. Okay, so that's the list. We got one we left off. And it's a real interesting one. Who? Ronald Tompkins. Oh yeah. I I don't think he plays. I I mean You're sure of that? He's not at all, I don't think. You're definite on that? Well, Dave Repson said he's not playing, so <laughs> I mean, he, he is intriguing. It, it goes contrary to what Held says sometimes, but um, he's still in the green jersey. Yes, I think I think he's no, he's not going over four games. No, so I agree with you there. I could see him at the end of the year. Actually, the perfect situation there before the four game rule. People used to talk about wouldn't it be cool. If, like, in bowl games where you weren't playing for all the marbles or something, like you're playing in the Outback Bowl or whatever, you could let freshmen play. Yeah. That used to be the first idea of what could be. Mm-hmm. Ronald Tompkins might be the perfect, like, case study if I were to pick one guy on the roster like that, where it's like, give him three or four more months to just rehab the correct way. Yep. And maybe if, like, December he 10th he's looking like he – has it mm-hmm. you get him a few reps in that game um now that's easier said than done you want to win the game and every game matters when nebraska plays but that's right that's what i think about with him kind of yeah no he he's intrigued they really feel like they got a steal with him um i mean there's there's no denying that he's i don't think gonna get anywhere near that four mark but uh you're confident and i you know something so i'm gonna say that is probably what's happening um with Tompkins, but you're right. I think he was a good pickup. So right now, our list for the yeses, Wandale, Dedrick Mills, Ramir Johnson, Jakeem Green, Garrett Nelson, Quentin Newsom, Darian Chase. Maybes? Uh, Demarion Houston. Houston and Ben Hart are in the maybes. And then knows everybody else. I think so. Yep, I think so, unless there's... Unless there's significant injury to somebody. Well, I leave open the idea that one DB that we didn't mention could, because maybe they'll think, like, oh, he's a good special teams guy, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I keep going back to last year when you had C.J. Jones, or C.J. C- Smith, yeah. sorry, uh, C.J. Smith, who kind of came out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden he's getting special team snaps mm-hmm. and defensive snaps. I mean, he blew his knee out. But could be a guy like that. Could be somebody that just kind of emerges – I mean that that's where I could see maybe a guy like Paul Gates has been working at safety could uh work his way in there. Um but yeah, I mean that's a pretty good spacing of, of the classes. I mean if you get some of those maybes into the yes column, that's eight, nine guys out of twenty six. I think if nothing else, we've I feel good about how we've dissected it in that 
the list is separated by who's been talked about mm-hmm. to this point. Yeah. And then also factors in the depth. And then we are, are obviously leaving open the idea that there is usually like one or two surprises like, oh, that guy's going to play and or an injury happens and it changes it. But I think I think we let's pat ourselves on the back. Uh-huh. Do a little victory lap. Good job. Um, anything else? We Sevion Morrison um, making a decision tomorrow. We're recording on Tuesday, so mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, Nebraska looks to be in a good spot for him. Um, yes. He officially visited in the summer and uh, signs pointing to Nebraska being the pick, although uh, he did an interview with uh, Evan Flood of our Wisconsin site this week. Pretty open to the idea of taking official visits after uh, committing, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. But uh, it's been a, a f- quiet month for commitments, a quiet couple months for commitments. Um, that, that could definitely uh, – Anybody else you think is going to pop? Well, there's also a lot of discussion about Marvin Scott, yeah. uh, the third out of another running back uh, out of Florida, uh, another guy that visited this spring. Uh, a lot of crystal ball momentum for Nebraska, looking like a decision within the week. So uh, stay stay close to the site. The for, Fong went in on that, I think. Yeah, when Steve Wilt Fong, who called earlier, is going in, um, that's a, a good indicator that there's some momentum there. So you probably should have taken that call like probably. on the air. Probably would have had some like breaking news he was probably calling to give me some kind of really uh insulting fantasy baseball trade oh, it could more be than that likely, too but um <laughs> which doesn't make for good podcast so all right well fair enough get us out of here brian all right well i i think we uh we did as well as we could have without the bearded wonder but uh people should really come to the site right now because it's it's getting hot getting hot you feel it yeah like that stove you can yeah it's cooking over like there sleep like sleeping at a 82 degrees. Come over to uh, Husker247.com. We got... Some we got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. We get, you, you, you try us out first month for a buck. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. I wasn't like I wasn't hesitating on what we oh, can okay. offer you gotcha. as far as like content, but that... Yeah. You're, a whole month of access for like the third of the cost of a cup of coffee. Yeah. Everybody says, oh, it's, it's, you know, the cost of a cup of coffee... We're the third of a cost of a cup of coffee. It's a buck. You're losing money by not signing up. I got up. a 450 cold brew here, so it's like a <laughs> less than a. You, you killed that thing too. A fifth of it. Yeah. So that's a heck of a deal, and we are going to have a lot. And recruiting's about to. I know there's people like, man, nothing's happening. It's going to happen here, and they got stuff done last season. So you're going to want to get to the site because there's going to be recruiting information popping, and these guys are. They're going to have it before other people so you're gonna you're gonna want to do that and we're gonna cover the heck out of this team they're gonna win more games this year there's a good uh message board group join us be friends husker 24 7 there you go get there